0: Hello and welcome to the Oxygen Addict Triathlon Podcast. We're brought to you every week by our sponsors, PrecisionHydration.com.
1: Precision Hydration offers electrolyte drinks in different strengths to match how you sweat. Personalise your hydration strategy today at PrecisionHydration.com and get a free box or tube of pH worth up to 9 99 using the code OxygenAddict. We're also
0: brought to you by FoodCell.co.uk
1: the next generation of top tube nutritional carriers for your bike designed to allow endurance triathletes and cyclists to carry enough food and gels while allowing easy access use the code freepost for free delivery check it out at
0: foodcell.co.uk also well, brought to you by fooled Fu- uh, by i nearly fluffed that there fooled by cake, by cake. <laughs> <laughs> that's book three's title for you
1: Oh, don't go there. That's my charity cake recipe book. Thank you very much for everyone so far who has placed their order. Loads of yummy cake recipes, um, some that you can take on bike rides, others just pure joy. Uh, recipes from Chrissy Wellington and Emma Pooley, Laura Siddle, Rachel Joyce, and Rob's Nan. Get yours at fueledbycake.com for just £10. And finally, we're brought to you by Teamoxygenetic.com
0: triathlon coaching
1: helping hundreds of age group triathletes see huge improvements in their 70.3 and Ironman performances. The time training system makes sure that you get the important training done each week in a way that complements the rest
0: of your life. All right, everybody, and welcome to the show. It's, it's well, it's February, isn't it, Hells? let's be honest. And I'll tell you one thing I'm not doing today. I'm not calling springs on the way. After the abuse we've had on social media over the last week, <laughs> it turns out that I'm essentially like Jack Frost.
1: <laughs> yes, I think a few people did say, uh, "What was this about spring yeah.
0: on the way?" It's getting lighter, then, but it ain't getting warmer.
1: Well, it is now. We're now in heatwave, Rob.
0: Oh, is that right? <laughs>
1: yeah, apparently so. Um, it, interestingly, I I've been over in North West Wales just for the night, right? And we drove over yesterday.
0: Okay, and.
1: Oh my God, it was just stunning. If you know that part of the world and you're sort of like going Bala kind of way and then Puff Madog sort of way, but you go basically over the top, it was just incredible was. white everywhere.
0: I bet it was, yeah. How exciting. Did you go sledging?
1: No, no didn't go sledging. Oh. No, no, no. I just took my mum away for the night. It was really nice. Came back today and it was about eight degrees warmer. <laughs> and everything was green it was
0: it's it amazing was great. how things change in 24 hours isn't it
1: yeah yeah it was so stunning though just looking around and the sunshine today the sun was shining on the on Snowdonia and I was like I'm so glad that I you know grew up kind of not too far from this part of the world it's, it's just so nice
0: it's cool isn't it well, I'll tell yeah. you what we had some um we had some people from America contact us over Facebook and say you basically you brits don't know what you're moaning about it's minus 35 (laughs) degrees centigrade here today (laughs) can you imagine no no no
1: i think we got down to minus 30 when we were out in canada and um yeah that was you just did not go outside with things not covering with clothing not covering you basically so yes you you can go outside obviously but um you've got to be prepared very prepared like I would not walk out without hand warmers and gloves and you get everything on before you even walk out the door uh, yeah. one a, a listener Rob actually um Nancy uh ordered a copy of fueled by cake and um I had to go and post it to Canada right near Niagara Falls and um and I sent her a little message saying the guy in the post office when I said oh this this is going to Canada
0: was like yeah good luck with that getting out there because of the big freeze <laughs> going on did you see those videos of people with like a thermos flask of boiling water out in out in um, chicago area chucking up into the air and it turned into basically into snow clouds <laughs> as it was just as it left the thermos it's unreal
1: i need to look at that because i i had heard but i i haven't seen it so yeah, i need to look at it yes
0: yeah. it's, it's mad all right so listen we've got we've got a few bits and bobs of triathlon excitement happening around the world uh most notably We've had some racing out in Dubai, haven't we, this weekend? So first things first, later on, stay tuned because we've got an interview with Terenzo. Terenzo Bazone back on the show. Um, great to hear he's doing loads better after his horrific crash, after being basically hit and run by what they think was a logging truck in the oh. middle of last year. So we had him back on. And um, I'll tell you what else. His story is just amazing. I, I saw those stories about, you know, I always come back and he's won the 70.3. Um, But as you'll hear in the interview later on, he'd, um, how many days running do you think Terenzo would have done before turning out like a one fifteen half marathon at Western Sidley (laughs) 70.3? Oh, what? Like, yeah, I don't know a week or two of running. Exactly that. There's me going, Oh, Terenzo must've been back in training for ages. He just basically rocked up. He'd been running for eight days before the race. So it's just an amazing story of like, he's still managing some of the symptoms from this crash. So he is, it's just not the story I was expecting to hear from him anyway. So that's awesome. That's coming up later on in the show. I'm before very much we...
1: looking forward to listening to that.
0: <laughs> now, before we go on to do results today, big shout out to our sponsors. We've got back with us foodcell.co.uk. So <clears throat> if you've not heard of Food Cell before and you're looking for a natty solution for carrying food or gels or flapjacks or whatever on your bike when you're either out training or when you're racing, food cell are the product for you they are not one of these little tiny slinky top tube things that you can't get food into or out of as you're riding along they've got a really clever sliding mechanism on the top that allows you to get into and out of with one hand as you're riding which is really cool you can fit four of those big fat gels inside it which is saying something it's been designed in the cfd wind tunnel simulator thing so it actually reduces the drag of a lot of the high performance bikes rather than adding to it it's got little bolts on so you can bolt it to the top tube if you've got those bolts there or it comes with these slinky little wrap around velcro type doodads if you haven't got those bolts on the top just all around, I think the best top tube solution for carrying food, especially if you need to get into and out of it as you're moving quickly, which we all do in races, right? So it's awesome to have these guys back on. They're a British company. I think there's loads of people and not even starting to consider yet their race season coming up, but as we get closer to race season. This is going to be the thing that's on your mind. How am I going to carry the stuff I need to do for racing? So good news is take advantage of these offers for podcast listeners. If you use the code FREEPOST at checkout, you're going to get that delivered for free. Usually that would be about five quid for postage because it comes with a courier company. So that's really good. And second cool thing that's happening, Hells, they are official partners to the outlaw, just like we are. So if you buy yourself one of these food cells between the 1st of February and the 19th of March, and you opt in on the little clicky box as you buy your food cell on the website, you're going to get entered into a draw to win an entry for the Outlaw Half Nottingham with every food cell bought between the 1st of February and the 19th of March. So there's terms and conditions and all that usual stuff which you need to read on the website because you can't move your entry to another race or another year or another person. But who cares about that? It's a super bonus because what you really want is a food cell which is going to carry all your stuff around for you. So get on it over at foodcell.co.uk.
1: Awesome. Did I sound
0: sufficiently excited about that? I was quite excited about the prospect of getting food out one-handed. I was like, oh, yeah, I I remember trying to faff with that in the past and how good it was at the Lakesman last year with one hand. Awesome.
1: Uh, Rob, I saw a photo of a, a podcast listener um, on camp in um, Lanzarote recently and they had taken a photo of their nutrition for the day. They were going out on a long ride, frozen Mars bars slash frozen Snickers a la Lucy Charles and guess what they were in?
0: Were they really? They were in a food cell. Nice. Good. Well, get on it, listeners. Go over and check it out at foodcell.co.uk and uh, get yourself on. We think it's great and you should get one too. Right, Hells, out in Dubai this weekend. It was not snowing. It was very warm. And there was some roasting hot racing happening out there. And we had wins for both Holly Lawrence and Adam Bowden in, unfortunately, the, the, the big races on the men's side we hoped for didn't really pan out, did it?
1: No, um, Ali Brownlee um, did not race, obviously. Um, yeah, so he did not race. It a couple of days
0: it. before, wasn't it, that they thought, yep he wasn't going to be racing and he ended up not doing
1: no he didn't and then um christian blumenfeld who again you could have tipped him really for the for the triple crown couldn't you after his performance um yeah. just before christmas um he had really really bad cramping so he unfortunately didn't finish so yeah but that then left um at about patrick nielsen to sort of fight it out i guess but um Bowden did a one ten run,
0: Rob. <laughs> no, <it's... laughs> and good luck living with that if you were racing anybody else. That's that's legit, isn't it? One ten yeah. half marathon.
1: Yep. Superb running.
0: Yeah. Smoking fast day actually. Three forty for Adam Bowden. So he's really he's really coming through at the seventy point three distance, isn't he? Really yeah. sort of uh, stacking those good results back to back. So that's great to see
1: yep and he finished ahead of patrick nielsen um who finished in three forty two and then sebastian Fres of France in three forty seven but then, as you say, wins for Holly lawrence um again great to see her back. she did a four hour um yeah pretty much four, four hours, hours flat. flat wasn't it yeah yep um out the water it was wasn't it a um basically she was first out the swim first off the bike and then first over the line as well
0: the wire to wire win as they call it yeah despite i believe ann haug put together a, a fairly scorching half marathon as well she do a 116 something like that yep yep so run four minutes into holly lawrence but if you've got that lead off the bike then um then you can afford to put it into cruise control a bit can't you and yeah. yeah looks like she's yeah. she's done the job really good stuff Did the
1: job and then sarah lewis was third in um 409 and Fanella language fifth in 416
0: cool stuff and That was pretty much all the racing we could find thats happened around the world this weekend really wasn't it yeah, there wasn't a whole load going on, but Rob, we we have an
1: exciting what well, exciting few weeks ahead now, don't we? Because we'll have the Super League coming up in Singapore. We'll have you know World Triathlon Series starting, um, and then all the races that will be going on in sort of New Zealand, Australia. Yeah, so it's good. It's starting to
0: hot up a little bit. It's starting to hot up, yeah. And before you know it, we're going to be at Ironman New Zealand, aren't we? Yes. That must be Great. about four weeks away, mustn't it? Five weeks,
1: oh, there's, maybe. There's um, Challenge Wanaka as well half challenge Monica. Oh,
0: exciting stuff
1: yeah good
0: good well that leads us on quite nicely to today's interview with kiwi terenzo Bazzoni. our interview of the week is sponsored by our friends over at precisionhydration.com now if you guys haven't been over there yet check out their website where they've got a free online sweat test where you can get a good lead as to whether you're a particularly heavy or particularly salty sweater by simply answering some questions on their online sweat test there and if it points towards the fact that you are you can do an on you can do an in-person sweat test and actually just have a, a relatively quick totally pain free sweat test done and that'll give you the exact concentration and the exact amount of sweat that you lose per per hour which is really really good to know. So if you've ever struggled with cramp or you've ever struggled with racing in the heat precision hydration make I think the best solution for electrolytes on the market. Uh, really 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 Good tasting product it 's not really salty like it used to be back in the day. You just mix it in with your energy drinks and away you go and it 's got you completely covered and you can then get yourself your own personalized strength of electrolyte drinks there and For listeners, you can use the code oxygen addict to check out to pick up nine pounds ninety nines worth of free product and give it a try completely risk free which is awesome all right so today 's interview, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, Terenzo was one of my favorite interviews from last year, and then when we heard he'd been been hit by this truck and left in a life-threatening condition earlier in the year i was just heartbroken for the guy so it was great to get him back on as i alluded to earlier the interview didn't go the way i was expecting it to go because i was expecting him to sort of say yeah it was rough for a while and things were all good again now but as you're going to hear that that wasn't quite the case so without further ado here we go terenzo Bazzoni is our interview of the week Torenzo welcome back onto the show it's uh it's really good to be back talking to you and it's also really good to hear you're still alive man how are you feeling <laughs> thanks Rob thanks thanks for having me back you um, had us worried there buddy I tell you you had us worried for a while
2: yeah yeah a few people uh glad glad uh yeah I'm glad I could put put my wife's worries away um but I think yeah still every time I jump on the bike she's uh She's a nervous wreck at the moment, but I'm, I'm hoping, I was hoping it would have subsided by now, but, but we're slowly getting there.
0: Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> um, well, for people who, who don't know the story, obviously you were, you were subjected to a horrific crash in the middle of this summer when you were out training. And from yeah. what I read on the internet, details are still pretty sketchy, but let's talk about that to start with, man. Basically, what happened? You were out training on your bike and you just got caught in a hit and run, essentially, right?
2: Yeah, so old man and I were out, uh, region, well, a medium quiet uh, country road, and we're just doing some aero testing, so, um, so Argon 18 have the NoShio device, which gives you um, yeah, real-time aero data, so we, we were just going back and forward on the same stretch of road, collecting some data and uh, just trying a few different positions, seeing, seeing if there was any difference, um, and we were on to we we're about to start our last run, so I had yeah basically three k two uh, k's left of of uh, yeah my second to last run, and um, yeah I, did, I didn't come back. Dad was waiting for me at the start to to change a few bits and pieces on the bike, and and didn't end up coming back. And uh, um, unfortunately, I, I don't have any memory of the, the crash. I'm not kind of one to be too wheezy. I don't I don't really I don't mind the sight of blood and. I'm pretty practical when it comes to all that kind of stuff, so I don't. I don't think it's my subconscious blocking it out. I just, uh, yeah, I just think must whatever happened must have happened happened pretty quick, knocked me out before I knew what what was going on, and um, and yeah, I, I remember waking up in hospital at about 11 p.m. that night. Uh, apparently, I was still conscious after the crash. Apparently, a lady found me on the side of the road. Um, I, I unlocked my phone and called my wife, and. Um, I was talking, I don't think I was making much sense, but I was uh, I was talking, and um, yeah, first memories were about 11 o'clock at night, kind of waking up in the hospital, and uh, most of that day still a blank, um, my dad, when I woke up in the hospital, dad was like, yeah, I was out there with you, I'm like, what are you talking about, why would you be out there with me, <laughs> and uh, he explained what we were doing, and, and I started started to ring a few bells, Um but, uh, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just a very scary thing. And to think how much experience I've had riding my bike and, and being in, being in tricky situations, I've been, been a profe- well, basically a professional, um, for over 20 years now and, and spent a lot of time on the road. So I, I, I generally, I mean, whenever I go out, I know how risky and how dangerous it is. So I always have my wits about me and I'm always, um, yeah, I'm always, always prepared. I'm always vigilant and, uh yeah prepared for anything to happen and trying to read situations so so for that to happen to me it just it just makes it really scary for for novices or young young people kind of uh, i just think back to when i was 13 14 years old and uh being in being in some situations that i've been in recently um it just yeah it just doesn't doesn't leave any hope for our people wanting to wanting to get get into it but i'm hoping i'm hoping uh yeah i'm hoping we can we can do something it's probably i mean i know there's different cultures around the world that that kind of embrace cycling a bit bit better europe europe a lot a few places in europe are really good um new zealand really has to kind of jump on board and uh do do something a little bit better and so does uh yeah same same with a few other places but it's uh yeah
0: (laughs) well it's it's one of those things isn't it where me and my buddies were out cycling the other day and talking about this and saying cycling isn't from the outside, it's not rock climbing, it's not base jumping, it's not something you consider to be inherently a risky sport, in inverted commas. And all the risk is in the hands of other people around you the road users, the car drivers, or a lot of it is certainly. There's an element of, of you not being able to control other people's actions, isn't there? Which, <laughs> you know, as you alluded to, I grew up yeah, and went yeah. out for a bike ride with my dad. I'm looking at the state of the roads for my seven year old son and thinking, Wow, I'm not sure I'd want him out on the well, I know I don't want him out on some of the roads. No, yeah. We live in a relatively yeah. quiet area.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's a shame and, and, and it's well, I understand there's there's cyclists who do things to, to piss off motorists and uh and vice versa. But I think um I mean there definitely has to be courtesy from from both sides, yeah. but but the thing that some drivers don't understand is if, if they touch you with their car it could be it could be the end. It's not like you have uh, have a metal box or anything protecting you. Just just a little bit of lycra, yeah. That
0: that wears down pretty quickly. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad you've recovered as well as you have. What was the immediate aftermath of the accident? Then you said you what you found yourself woken up in hospital, and we all saw these photos on social media. And you looked, you looked in a pretty bad state, mate. To be honest with you. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was. Uh, my face was getting stitched up, and my wife uh, kept trying to walk into the room to to uh, To help me out, or to to hold my hand and stuff, but kept having to having to walk out. She's a little bit little bit queasy when it comes to that stuff. Oh, um, yeah, apparently it was just like a like a tomato had been split. My that was um, yeah, but half of my cheek was was split open. Um, my yeah, my my whole cheekbone had been um, broken. So it's a test to your head and well, a to your skull in uh, four places, and it had been broken off in all four of those places. So um, oh, they. Yeah, so I was, I was at the, uh, host, uh, Auckland Hospital. That's where they took me straight away. The following day, they, they decided to move me to Middlemore Hospital, which is further like kind of South Auckland, where they, they specialize They have the facial and plastic surgery, um, special, special team. And, um, and when I got there, they actually decided that they would just wait for the concussion symptoms or well, the, the, the swelling in the brain to uh, just subside a little bit before they, they put me under General to fix, fix my cheekbone.
0: Okay and then in terms of it almost it almost seems irrelevant doesn't it to then go on to talk about racing when you're just kind of glad to have survived something as horrific as this but obviously you mentioned you know you had these these injuries to your face but you also had i think you had a busted up hand your leg was smashed up pretty good as well but then almost immediately on social media talking about getting back into training and we're like how's that work (laughs)
2: uh yeah uh, yeah broken hand um a few other holes here and there uh, my achilles flared up pretty bad which which didn't settle down which which in hindsight may have been just my body's way of, of slowing down my progression in order yeah. to for the for the head injury to to subside a little bit more um but i i mean uh, i i kind of said to myself straight away i'm uh I I need something to move forward to, and I set my sights back on Kona. And I, I mean, the year had been going great. I'd done a, done a really good build up previous to that over in Hawaii. Uh, my numbers were were looking better than ever, and uh, I was just really looking forward to to going to Kona and trying to trying to work on uh, improving my my sixth place from 2017. And so I set that as a goal. Um, really helped me get out of bed every morning and and just keep. Moving forward or moving in the right direction with my uh, little bit of exercise that I could do, um, the, I, I was actually in seeing um, the, a, con- a concussion specialist. Uh, I think three or four days after the accident, who did a pro- like a, a test on the wind trainer, just looked at my numbers, um, and we kind of went from there. They they have like yeah a test where they they look at um, I guess how the concussion symptoms progress and at what wattage that is and then they give you give you a training program off there so you're so you're actually out, you're actually doing thirty to forty minutes of exercise a day uh, lower intensity that that doesn't bring on the concussion symptoms but apparently that that little bit of intensity actually helps helps with the brain healing um, oh, yeah. so so letting, letting, letting me loose and doing a little bit of a little bit of exercise i uh yeah i kind of I, that, that was that was all I needed to kind of uh kick start the motor again and and feel like I could be back on top of the world, but um, I kept I kept trying. Um, the headaches were still kind of prevalent and coming and going, uh, right up until the uh, basically early October. Um, I wasn't actually back running on the road until mid-November, and um, yeah, so it was <laughs> yeah Kona was uh, definitely not meant to be. But I did put everything in that basket of trying trying to get there. I actually went there uh, with my coach and training buddy. And physio for two weeks in September for a little training camp, um, and that was yeah that was that was kind of a yeah big eye opener as to <laughs> things that probably probably wouldn't be happening uh, within the next next few weeks after that. But I still uh, yeah um I mean making that decision was really hard, yeah. but it was it was definitely the right decision to make and. I was really happy when when I when I actually managed to keep progressing through October November and uh, and get a couple of results on the board before the end of the year.
0: Yeah well I'll tell you what we'll we'll come to those results in a minute because that's that's something else that's fairly astonishing to talk about. <laughs> but I want to go back for a second and you mentioned a minute ago you said you know your old Achilles injury flared up and and you felt that maybe that was your body's way of trying to hold you back a bit. Are you a, are you a big believer in that kind of holistic look at the big picture? Maybe maybe <laughs> your body's got a bit of wisdom to tell you what's going on in hindsight after this accident.
2: Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm definitely a big believer of, uh, of fate and everything happening for a reason. Um, and yeah, I mean, while while the Achilles was was very, very, very frustrating, um, like I said, the headaches were still there. And, and I could I could take something from the end of the day, like at the end of the day, I could say to myself, I'm doing everything I can to to progress this as quickly as i can um if it's if it's not going to happen it's not going to happen but i'm uh and i'm and i'm very fortunate to be in the situation i i am in i'm very fortunate to be alive i'm very fortunate to have a wife and a family that love me i'm very fortunate to have two healthy kids and and there were there's yeah there's there's a lot of positives and and it's just that that kind of kept things in perspective and uh yeah kept me optimistic moving
0: forward you sound like an incredibly positive character. I mean, it's, it's easy to say all this stuff, but it sounds like you genuinely mean you're like, this is what you read in a, in a book about positive thinking, isn't it? They're list all the, list all the positive things that go on in your life. And I'm thinking, God, man, this dude's just been hit by a truck when he was in the form of his life. That's Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Is it, is it something that you think, well, I mean, it's something that I definitely think must play a part in your, in your, what must've been a rapid recovery in the eyes of the doctor's to come back from this. I mean, obviously it didn't happen fast enough for you to go to Kona, but in the bigger picture, it's pretty amazing. You got into the shape that you did in time for the races in, in Australia come December time, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Thanks. I, um, I mean, I, yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm, I look at my life. I'm, I'm very blessed with the life I have, uh, the people, the people around me, my, my, my close team. I'm I'm very fortunate to have good people around me and good people advising me through all that. So, so I couldn't. I mean, yeah, there was there was no real point in in throwing a pity party. Um, although there were sometimes that there, there were definitely days here and there that uh, that, that there, there was a pity party. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, it was just it was just very reassuring for me to know that I, I would make a full recovery. It, just, it was just a matter of when and uh, and just to know all the positives that I do have in my life and 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 the the one the one thing which which kind of goes back to triathlon i guess is is when i woke up in the hospital i uh, it was actually the second day so i woke up on the day after the accident or the day of the accident and the next day they transferred me to another hospital and and kind of when i was a little bit lucid i started thinking well if, if ever there was a time to to kind of move on with life and find uh find a new direction this this would be a perfect excuse and and to be honest, I didn't 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 even need to think about it very well at all. Really, it just came came straight to me that that I've I've still got unfinished business in the sport and the journeys and the adventures that we've been on so far are have been so much fun and so fulfilling to me and my family. And I just I wasn't I'm not ready for that to finish. And uh, and like I said, I still I still have some big goals that I would like to achieve in the sport. Nice.
0: <laughs> so so talk us through. When you finally finally did get back to racing, it was a fairly, again, for you it seems normal, but for anyone else, fairly astonishing (laughs) back-to-back wins. 70.3 Western, no, 70.3 Western Sydney, one weekend, and then eight days later to win western australia like first up man (laughs) what goes through your head when you schedule (laughs) back-to-back races at the weekend like that Uh, oh
2: yeah no trust me the um the western sydney was was a very very big surprise to me and uh and and everyone in my camp really um
0: yeah was was it just a turn up and see how you feel at western sydney see how it goes and let's dip your toe back in it
2: yeah it was yeah, it was kind of t- test the Achilles, see how the Achilles wins, and, and training numbers on the bike and swimming had been quite good, but um, but it was all relative. Like how, how was that going to play out in a race? And also, and the other thing was the other thing we wanted to test was just how my head would hold out, uh, just to s- make sure no concussion symptoms would come up. Um, there would be no no effects like no 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 headaches or anything after the race. Um, so I wanted to get that done in a half Ironman. Uh, before I kind of tackled a full Ironman. And and I really did want to finish the season with, with a full Ironman. Um, and unfortunately, I, I only got back running on the road about uh, two weeks before um, Western Sydney. So I was stuck on the Alter-G until then. The Achilles kind of wouldn't... It was progressing well, but just not fast enough. And, and uh, yeah, so by the time I was on the road, it gave me one one good week of uh, running on the road and one, one week of tapering. And... Um, and so I wasn't, I was wasn't expecting much going into that race, uh, especially with the, with the field that they had, Sam Appleton, Tim Reed, Burkle. Um, it was pretty, yeah, pretty top field. So I thought my, my goal going into it was to have a, have a good swim and a good bike, uh, which I, which I did. Um, unfortunately I didn't get rid of Sam Appleton on the bike. He was, uh, he was riding pretty well, but I mean, again, he's having, he's having a stellar year. Um, so I just got on the bike, I got on the run and, my goal was to run about a, anything under one twenty was going to be a, a big big achievement and um, we started the run, I said to Apo, i said i think we've got ten minutes on the uh on the nearest guy, Apo. so you got this buddy just uh just try to be gentle on me let me let me run with you for a few ks and we got to about four ks in and and he started showing some signs of weakness and and i got a I got a sniff it felt like my old self again, got a sniff of his weakness and uh and uh, <laughs> and pounced on him straight away. And I was just, yeah, when I got to the finish and I ran, had run a 115 for for the half, I, I was blown away. But the bad thing about that was from going into the race with very, very low expectation and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, running a 120, uh, but beating that by five minutes. All of a sudden, uh, going into the following weekend for Ironman Western Australia, uh, the expectation was a little bit higher, not, not only from myself, but other people around me as well thought that i'd just been uh i'd just been bullshitting basically along the way and uh (laughs) but uh but trust me i hadn't uh yeah dan dan blue is my coach and i we've actually we just haven't got around to it but he was like i'd just love to uh just love to put put together the training that the run training that you actually did or the lack of run training that you actually did before those races and and just show everyone that that we're not uh yeah not making up making up lies sandbagging (laughs) yeah not sandbagging but uh yeah, like, I mean, and then, yeah, going into to Western, um, yeah, Western Australia the following weekend, I was fortunate I had my physio there with me, and uh, I just had to had to keep talking it down, I'm like, I, I said to him the day before, we were driving in to, to drop the bike off, and I'm like, hey, man, it's, uh, I, I'm really struggling here, I'm putting all this, all this pressure and expectation on myself for after last weekend, and, and I, I'm I'm just thankful to be here, I'm thankful to be doing this, and he's like, yeah, hell yeah, it's just... It's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting tomorrow. It's gonna be, yeah, what it is. But uh, yeah, it's just good to be here, and it's good to be here with you, and, and just having his, uh, I guess, lack, his lack of expectation on me, and his, uh, yeah, his perspective of things, and just, just wanting to to be there to support me to to get to the finish line, um, just yeah, help take that pressure off, which which I kind of needed those uh, final days going into the race. Yeah.
0: Okay, and then. For the for the listeners who don't know, you, your race at Western Australia was only a couple of minutes slower than your course record that you set there. Did you go eight <laughs> eight fifty sorry, seven fifty six this year? And the yeah. course record was seven fifty two or something like that. So Yeah. I mean, talk about <laughs> talk about I mean, you say you go in with no expectations and you know, clearly you're really, really low on run training in general and run volume and all of that. So how did the race play out? And I remember Cam Worth was racing, wasn't he, and set a course record on the bike.
2: Yep, yep, yep. So Cam, Cam was there, and it was it was uh, it was going to be exciting racing him. I thought I thought when he came past, I would be able to hang with him for a few k's. Um, yeah, I, going into uh, I mean, I'm not going to hide anything. Going going into both Western Sydney and Western Australia, I knew my biking and like the numbers that I was putting out in training were were pretty good, in the biking and the swimming. Um, and and that was yeah that that was that. So Western Western Australia, I I uh, I I had a really good swim. I managed to push the pace really hard and uh, get a little bit of a gap on the group. So I came out the water a minute ahead of the group, which is pretty foreign for me. I'm never never a swim leader. I'm always kind of that front pack or or thereabouts. Um, but yeah, to be able to, to get away was was uh, quite a big step up for me. Um, and then onto the bike, I, I thought, okay, cool. Uh, I was very, well, not, surprised isn't the right word, but I was, uh, I guess, gutted that Cam, Cam Worth was only a minute, in that group only a minute back. Um, <laughs> I, thought, I thought I'd thought i have a little bit more of a buffer on him. And so when he came past at about 15, 20 kilometers into the bike, I, I rode with him for about two kilometers and and uh, realized, yeah, no, my heart rate's a little bit high, my power's a little bit high, I need to, uh, yeah, I, I, I made this mistake last year where I, rode too hard for too long and and paid the price big time and i needed to just back off and ride ride to my my race uh which i did and uh the the deficit to cam it did grow but it was it was quite slow um yeah he slowly edged away from me i think by the end of the bike he was around four minutes up on me and that was again a pretty pretty good achievement to be that close to cam worth off the bike was uh yeah it was definitely another another big tick and uh and then the unknown was the run and we started the run and I thought I was running quite well until I um I kept I got a few splits along the way and saw Cam Worth was actually running better than me, <laughs> <laughs> and his uh his his gap was growing and and at that point I uh, it was it was it was I guess an easy easy place for me to go okay cool so Cam's going to have the day of his life and I should just I should just back it I should just chill out and conserve and uh, and just try to get to the finish line, or do I do i keep the pressure on do i do i stay racing and uh and just see what happens along the way and i'm I'm glad i made the decision to to not uh not not sandbag and 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 bring it and uh and yeah by at 30 basically at the 30 kilometer mark i had uh i had caught cam but that's when things got really hairy i uh, yeah <laughs> i caught him he let me go and then uh and then I had to let him come back to me because I I had nothing. I thought I was going to have to stop and walk at this point. Really? Um, he he yeah. He caught up at at 30k's and and uh, I I had a little bit of a tailwind section and I thought okay cool. I just I'll have to give it a go if I can break him here. I'll get a little bit of adrenaline and uh, and hopefully I'll uh, hopefully I'll be able to just get away and and thankfully I did and and thankfully yeah his legs were were a little bit more gone than mine <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, hang on, just just kept thinking. I, the one thing that I was thinking about was uh was my kids and and uh just wanting to wanting to set an example of of not giving up for them and and uh doing doing the best you could and uh that's yeah, all I could do.
0: How conscious were you during the race of of thoughts around like having come back from the accident? Did any of that enter into your head at any point or were you kind of entirely in the race zone?
2: I. Yeah, definitely in the definitely in the race zone. I, I must say, the the thinking about my kids and uh, and wanting to set an example for them was probably stemmed more from the recovery of the of the accident um, rather than my usual race mentality. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, th- that part of it did did play play into it a little bit. Um, but yeah, the, I guess the the week the weekend previous and the half Iron Man took took all that uh all that that doubt and um, the doubt excitement the, of of racing my first race race back uh, all that stuff that all those thoughts that were going through your head of uh, of of the accident and and the comeback yeah. um, the race the weekend before kind of took all that all that out of uh, out of my head
0: and I guess it's easy for us, it's, you know, I was sitting here reading articles about you online and, and you come back, you win the 70.3 and, and the assumption is, oh, he's back, he's made a full recovery. <laughs> but it's it's interesting to hear you then talk and sort of say, you were still monitoring like the headaches, you were still checking out what effect it would have on you in terms of, you know, the sort of the ongoing symptoms of the concussion. Did that stay with you then for a, for a really long time, the having to manage that? checking in on whether you you had got symptoms still of the of the concussion in particular
2: yeah i I still actually have to monitor it a little bit and and just be careful with with certain things um wow uh yeah drinking i I love i love a beer especially down down here it's summer at the moment so so i love a beer but as soon as i kind of go go a beer and a wine uh a little bit of a headache comes on, oh,
0: okay. um,
2: so just need to need to just be careful in, in that department. Uh, I find um, diet has a little bit of an effect. So if I am having, a, yeah, as long as I keep eating clean and healthy, uh, I, I seem to operate and, and function a little bit better. Um, if I don't, then then things just start getting a little bit hazy. Um, and it wasn't really until I guess the week before, ten days before Western Sydney, that the seventy point three that uh, that I actually felt felt like I was close to my normal self mentally like my my daily motivation the the get up and go every day to to just tackle tackle the day in front of me was I uh, felt felt a little bit normal uh whereas before that I was really struggling just to to look at my computer and to to answer emails and uh and so on and so forth but um and then even yeah I mean even even after kind of going going into December going into Christmas I felt I felt quite close to my normal self but i I wouldn't say that I was uh, back to 100, percent but now now the year started. Um, my my training my training is going really well. I'm, I'm uh, I think four weeks into a decent block, just so starting my fifth week fifth weekend back to training and uh, recovery seems to be happening quite quickly. So back back to normal on the on the recovery side. Uh, the head seems to be operating quite well. Motivation seems to be good. So so I yeah I think if I'm not 100, I'm I'm pretty close to it brilliant
0: man yeah uh, you, you mentioned that sort of you, you're obviously really sensitive right now to if you have a, a couple of beers something flares up if you eat outside of the norms of being really clean something flares up i think that'd be really interesting to talk about for the listeners in terms of obviously you're extremely in tune with your body and probably us as normal age groupers not what, <laughs> what are some of the things that you notice when first up like define what Eating clean for you means what? What would the, the the sort of the perfect diet be? And then how do you veer away from that? And what what affects you feel?
2: um So, yes, uh, uh, there's something called the human interference factor. So, so food that's that's modified or or a lot of stuff's gone into um that's not just pure clean clean basic food. Um, I like that the that human has, interference has... factor.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. Yeah, so I'm not. Yeah, so just, just, uh, just, just kind of clean food, um, covering, covering a good, healthy, balanced diet works really well for me. Um, yeah, so try, I, hey, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm the first to admit that that I do crack. I do like a beer. I do like candy. I do have a, a bit of a sweet tooth. Uh, licorice is my, my probably my go to, but uh, choc, chocolate biscuits are also also a weakness. <laughs> um, and yeah, those things. If I if I if I find if I do crack and kind of have uh, indulge a little bit too much on on that side of things, it um it does come back and bite me in the butt.
0: Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and so finally, just to wrap this up, Terenzo, how is the rest of the year gonna play out for you in terms of race plans and and your ultimate goal? Presumably, building towards Kona 2019.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Kona. It, basically, everything's revolved around Kona this year. So. So uh, last year last year I really wanted to get in the top five, um, improve on my sixth place from 2017. Uh, this year I guess yeah top five top top three would be would be awesome um, working towards getting on the top of the podium there. So we Dan and I had a had a pretty good pretty good, Plan in place last year obviously worked really well for him because he yeah uh, didn't it huh yeah <laughs> he ended up um yeah crack, crack, cracking the, the age group world record winning the age groupers by by uh, yeah a good ten minutes or so um so we we did uh yeah we did a couple of Kona camps which which seemed to work really well for him so we'll we'll run a similar kind of plan on that front uh, race wise I'll do Ironman New Zealand uh, which is in the beginning of March about five weeks away. And um, following that, uh, the ITU long-distance world champs, which are in Spain in May. That's uh, uh, yeah. kind of been something that's been at the back of my mind for a few years, and, and I'd just really like to go after that. The timing of it works quite well. It means, uh, means don't have doesn't really interfere with my Kona preparation. And then uh, there'll just be yeah a few uh, 70.3s put in there along the way.
0: And all right, last question then. Having seen how fast your coach, Dan Plews, went at Kona this year, did you have a moment where you sat there and thought, I'm going to run the numbers and have a think what I think I could have done? <laughs> yeah.
2: there, there were, there's, there's, I've been going back and forth between two thoughts. There's there's that thought. It's like, holy shit, he went he went quick. I'm, I definitely run a little bit quicker than him.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know how much. And what what did he run? He ran, to, he ran a 250
0: 251,
2: was it? 250 or 251. Yeah. But yeah, and then and then there's the side that goes, "Oh shit! it Would have been embarrassing if Dan ran quicker than me." <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, well, Dan ran quicker than just about everybody apart from four pros, didn't he? So there'd have been no yeah, shame yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good he's raising your game, though.
2: He, yeah, yeah, he is. He's he's a great guy to work with. He's he's a good friend. Um, we've yeah, we've had a lot of fun along the way, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, the journey has a lot
0: lot more exciting stuff ahead of us. Well, exactly. Hopefully the journey does have a lot more in store for you, man. Listen, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk to us. I'm so glad to hear that you've, you've bounced back as well as you have. And it's almost like Terenzo 2.0 from now on. There's, <laughs> there's, there's no pressure and every day, is a, every day is a bonus, isn't it?
2: It is. Cheers, Rob. Yeah, good, to, good to be on again. And uh, yeah, great, great that we were able to catch up.
0: Well, pencil us in for after Kona. We want to we hear the story <laughs> of the podium there, man. Love it,
2: love it. We'll do.
0: So it's it was crazy to hear Hells that the poor guy was still struggling with like random headaches, and if he pushed too hard in training, he would get these really bad headaches. And sort of managing that long term, sort of long term after effects of being horribly concussed and having his face operated on. So to have those results at seventy point three West at Nost- uh, seventy point three West Sydney. And then, Western Australia, the full Ironman man was was totally amazing, especially given how hard he had to race to catch Camworth in the marathon at at uh, western australia it 's just an amazing comeback story
1: It reminds me a little bit of um of James cracknell
0: exactly what I was thinking as I was listening to him, yeah, yeah,
1: it does remind me a little bit that he had um, he had a really bad accent didn 't he when he was doing. I think uh,
0: the same thing happened, wasn't it, as he yeah, was doing exactly. the race across America exactly. he got hit from behind. Yep. I think he got hit by the wing mirror of a truck, didn't he?
1: Yeah. And he, he said that, you know, his it sort of like it was a bit, it was a brain injury, effectively, mm. and his even his personality changed a little bit because mm. of it.
0: Yeah, quite considerably um, for a while, I think yeah. if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So he reminded me a bit of that, but oh to you know, to have come back and had the results that Torrenzo's had, it's really, really happy for him. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, and I love that. You know, talking about the thing that motivates him is just one is just wanting his kids to be proud of him, and that really made me choke up. I was just thinking, wow, after coming back from this life, basically life threatening injury, to have that be the that be the driving force as you're chasing down Camworth, I just think. And he's such a nice guy as well. He really is. He's, mm. I'd, I would really, really love to see him get on the top of the podium at Kona just because he is genuinely one of those really nice guys that you meet every now and again. So, yep. yeah.
1: And I bet his, you know, everyone sort of has a... Like
0: a favourite? When, when
1: no, no, no. I was going to say, well, clearly we know mine's the uh, Norwegian, but um. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say more when you're going through a really rubbish patch in a race and you, or even in training, you know, if you're struggling and you have to really go back to, why are you doing this? You know, Mm. and that's, it's an important thing to be able to think about that actually, why why are you doing this? Why'd you do it? You know?
0: Yeah. And for him,
1: if that's to try to, he wants to make his children proud Well, he can always think of that, can't he? Yeah, it's
0: a pretty cool reason to be doing it. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so we're going to jump into a bit of Coach's Couch now. We had a question in our Facebook group from Mickey Davis a couple of weeks ago that I thought would make make quite a nice one for this time of year because although it's a while away yet... I think from judging by a lot of the things written in the Facebook group, it's something that's on people's minds quite a lot. So if you want to read out the question, Hal's.
1: Yep. So Mickey Davis um, asked this question, how many days out should I do my last long run before a 70.3?
0: So the first thing is, Hal's, I thought it was really interesting that, like I said, people are thinking this far ahead. You know, it's, I think, May or June time when... Most people are going to be doing their first 70.3s of the season if they're up here in, in the Western, uh, Northern Hemisphere. Western Hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> but these are the things that play in our mind. It's, it's the, the sit down and do the long term planning stuff, isn't it? We get the training done day in and day out, and then we do the planning. And we need to see a kind of a runway laid out in front of us that we're going to come down and guide the, guide the plane yeah, down onto. Yeah, with the lights. Exactly. So it was a good reminder to me that. Yeah, you know, I can remember back in the early days thinking that's exactly what I used to do, sketch out the plan. And even though it was February, it was really important to me to know what was going to be going on two weeks before a race in June. You know, I'd have that plan in place. Mm-hmm. So what I thought I'd do is I'll, I'll talk through Mickey rather than just the last long run, kind of the three weeks out before the half Ironman or the 70.3, if you like, to talk you through the kind of things I'd have an athlete do. So first up, to answer the question... I'd have you do your last long run three weeks out before your 70.3. So that would either be on the weekend or um, a lot of athletes like to separate the long run and the long ride out if they've got time in the week. So with a lot of the athletes I coach, I'll have them do the long run on the Thursday and then the long ride on the Saturday, just so then you're running on fresh legs and you're riding on fresh legs rather than, you know, at that time of year, you're either going to have to do your long run on Saturday meaning your legs are tired for the Sunday bike ride or, you know, worse, vice versa. Do you end up doing your long run the day after the long bike ride? So we're trying to minimize that risk of injury and and niggles effectively three weeks out. So I'd have you do that last long run on the Wednesday or Thursday, three weeks out, and I'd have it be about two hours long. Doesn't have to be at goal race pace. Just make it nice, steady, e-pace type running as a 9-1 get yourself on your feet for about two hours about that distance out. And you've got time then to freshen up before your race. And then two weeks out before the race, I'd have you do the race simulation weekend where typically you're going to do a ride building up to 70.3. You'll do a ride of about maybe a little bit shorter than the duration you're expecting to be out there on race day, 70.3. So if you're expecting to be out for say three hours in your race, do sort of two and a half hours or two hours 45 as a race simulation ride on the Saturday, followed by a 45 minute run off the bike. And then you'll do a long run on the Sunday. So this is one of the only times I give an athlete a long run the day after a long ride. And that run will be of about 75 minutes on day two of the weekend. So effectively over that weekend, you've done 45 minutes on the Saturday 75 minutes on the sunday so it's about two hours of running again but split it over the weekend and ideally do that longer on very first thing sunday morning so if you are still a little bit fatigued great you're simulating the back half of your run there to build confidence for the big event and then one week out from your race i'll have you do just a 45 minute run and 30 minutes of that is going to be at your goal race pace so you'll have a good feel by that point, what your sort of 70.3 race pace is going to be. So try and do that for 30 minute continuous block. And that just makes a nice little sort of leg waker upper a, a week out before the race. Cause don't forget, although I'm saying race pace, it's not, you know, 70.3 race pace is inverted. commas not that fast compared to how fast you can actually run. So that 30 minute main set there will make a good, a good chunk of running there that'll give you confidence for your goal race. And if you've got absolutely no idea about how fast you're going to be running in your goal 70.3, a good guide pace is to use the pace calculator that we've got on the website oxygenatic.com and on the Daniel's pace tables there, it's the M pace, which he describes as marathon race pace. That's actually a pretty good guide to 70.3 goal race pace. Um, and then others people think, well, I'm hoping I can run faster than my goal marathon pace in the 70.3. The Daniels Pace Predictor tends to give a very optimistic view of how fast somebody, <laughs> how fast someone can run a marathon is what I'll say. So it, it tends to be about right on the money. So that if you do pace your race right on race day, that M pace will be a good sustainable target. It won't feel particularly hard at first, but you know, come the eight or nine mile point, it's going to be a going to be a bit chewy to try and maintain that so you're thinking where is that finish line (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so anyway mickey if you're interested in learning more pop over if you go to the show notes there's a link there to uh the webinar that i do that talks you through training for 70.3 and ironman and about how the time training system can help you uh, just click on the link and it'll take you to the webinar you can watch that straight away and you click on it or you can schedule a time to suit you to watch it so uh, yeah check that out there's a link in the show notes
1: it's exciting rob i think having all the um you know race it? Is, isn't people. it? yeah it's, it's, it is exciting i'm getting excited for people who are going to be you know doing lots of exciting races this this summer um yeah it's good to have a goal
0: i was out on my mountain bike the other day Trying to learn to go down steep hills without falling off.
1: <laughs> training for the big thing?
0: You can't call it training. It's me at the top of a hill looking at steep berms going, okay, don't fall off, don't fall off, don't fall off. <laughs> I'm the world's worst nice. bike handler, hells, I tell you. Oh, honestly. Yeah, but yeah, Practice, no? That's exactly it, yeah. Practice. That's exactly it. That's what I keep telling myself. I can't get a lot faster, but I can acquire the skill to get downhill faster and certainly downhill faster while staying on the bike.
1: <laughs> My goodness. I did um, I did an hour 45 on the cross trainer in the gym on um, Friday.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like as a personal challenge to yourself or...? I think I was
1: ready to actually like poke my eyes out by the end of it. Very much so, I figured for uh, Engadin,
0: right? Of course, for the sea yes, marathon. I've forgotten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So An you hour just and had like another minutes, another three hours to go. <laughs>
1: God. Oh my God. But it. Was, I. I had. Um, Some of the time and, helps. You're
0: going to be sliding downhill. It's going to be all right. You won't have to. Won't I have to do so. that the whole time. Seriously,
1: but I had. Um, I had. You can sort of see. Um, like the park, out of the window in the gym. So you could see the park covered in snow. And then um, I had like a virtual... You know, you can have virtual training scenery, I guess. So I had a beach. <laughs> so I was, You like... need to get
0: down to Cathaline and buy yourself some cross-country skis <laughs> next time it's nice and actually get out and do some cross-country skiing. Mate. I
1: know. Yeah, I know. So no, I was um, pretending to go along the beach, but all I could see out in front of me was snow, God, thinking yeah. this really is mixed up. This is screwing yeah. with my head. It's mind games, but it was good. I had blue skies. <laughs> nice. There you go. So, yeah, All this good. is my. Yeah,
0: excellent. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, bit of news then. First up, the Outlaw X is now open for general entries. So, that's going to take place in North Nottinghamshire's historic Thorsby Hall on the 22nd of September. That's going to be a 70.3 distance race. So um, I think I read that over 60% of the places have gone already with pre-registration. So if you want to be be part of that on the 22nd of September, you're going to need to be pretty sharpish on the entries. Uh so yeah get over to uh the outlaw on the website and get yourself entered into that if you fancy a bit of september racing i think that's going to be a big one hells people are always keen for a race in september aren't they
1: oh yeah and they're going to have um basically you can pay for it uh in two stages so you don't have to necessarily pay for it all up front at the same time like that. um yep yeah, they're going to have like a, a campsite there if you so basically a, a bespoke outlaw campsite so you'll be able to camp and then uh, i quite like this rob it's a single lap ride nice that's good isn't it yeah you know yeah. so um good yeah so, it, it, definitely and um i know lots from not lots of people from Nutsford tri club have entered there's a oh, there's a good. gang there's a good gang that Is are going to be really? there so excellent yeah so yeah should be fun
0: should be All right, now then, one last thing I want to say. Thanks to everyone who's left a review of the show on iTunes. We've had another 10 more five-star reviews this week. Hal's taken us to 162 five-star reviews. So we didn't quite hit our target of 200 five-star reviews by the end of January. But super grateful to everybody who has managed to leave a review for us. really appreciate you taking the time to do it. And it's really had a massive effect as I was having a nosy around in iTunes. We're regularly getting ranked number one in the world, hells, if you can believe that, for triathlon podcasts. So it's amazing the effect that People Even Reviews has. So thank you very much for doing that. Now, if you remember, we said we're going to have a prize draw of all the people who left a review and then posted a, a copy of the review up in the Facebook group. And you were going to win a copy of the Cervelo story to make athletes faster by Anna DiPiccio. It's a beautiful coffee table book. Uh, and I did the prize draw earlier on today. Hells did the old names into a hat and shuffled around. And the winner is little drum roll. The winner is Jeff Partridge
1: congratulations jeff
0: congratulations jeff will be in contact over uh, over facebook to get your address and post that over to you and thanks very much to everyone who's left that review and if anyone else hasn't had a chance yet and you would still like to we would really really appreciate it that pretty much brings us to the end of the show doesn't it hels yes it does next week we're going to have a special
1: show um so listen out for that one as well on uh, on the menopause
0: Good stuff. And just a final thank you to our sponsors, precisionhydration.com. Use the code OXYGENADICT for 999's free product. Foodsell.co.uk, use the code FreePost to get it delivered free. And also fuelbycake.com and teamoxygenaddict.com as well. So yeah, until next week, everybody. Have yourselves a fantastic training and racing week. I hope you've enjoyed today's show and I hope you've taken a bit of uh, bit of extra motivation from listening to Terenzo's story today. We'll be back next week with our special edition. So until then, I'm Coach Rob Wilby. I'm Helen Murray. And you've been listening to the auction Addict Triathlon Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. We'll speak to you again soon. Cheers now. See ya.